You are listening to The Truth Podcast. My name is Alec. My name's Sean. We are passionate about inspiring others after seeking after the truth. We are back with season three. Officially back. We took off. How long were we gone? Like, like three months? Four years. It seems like <laughs> it. We took the summer off. It's still the summer here. I'm sweating so bad. Like this is our first podcast back and I'm yep. like, I got, I got pit stains. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is rough. This right is now. rough. Listen, yeah. don't live in Vegas. That's the, that is the truth of this podcast yeah. is you can't live in Vegas. It's, it's terrible. We have maybe two more months of summer. You may be listening to somewhere else and it's like, oh, it's starting to cool down a little bit. You know, we're getting yeah, into here. August. It's, it's terrible here. It's, it's terrible. Really terrible here. We are like so hyped for season three. Like We're it's really been excited. a minute. We have really taken some time. Like, you know, thank you for all those people that are listening to this, you know, who stayed true even in the midst of waiting for us to start this podcast again. But yeah. we took a lot of time, you and I did, to separately and together as a collective, like pray about what God wanted to do next yeah. in this podcast. And I feel like from our perspective, we really tried to hold it with open hands and say, God, you do what you want to do. And we're coming with this new season with a lot of changes, a lot of new good stuff that I think that God wants to do in our podcast. Yeah, for sure. So many people came up to us when we weren't recording, like, you know, when are you guys going to do new episodes and all that stuff? And I think that was a blessing for us. It's like, oh, people do actually, <laughs> like, you know, care. people care somewhat, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's been a big blessing. And most importantly, like, we love Bible studies. We love the deep things of the Bible and we love like verse by verse studies and all that stuff and really getting to the depths. And we want to do something fresh and new with season three. And we wanted just to dig into the Bible more than we did in season one or season two. So yeah. we're excited to get into that. You're so right. And like, you know, that was the heart. That's going to be the heart of this season was to, to solely focus on theology, the biblical theology. When we want to have honest conversations about the beauty of God, yeah. how Jesus is, um, how the whole Bible is a story that ultimately leads to Jesus. How the scripture, you know, the confusing parts of scripture, the the parts that are deep and rich, like you said. And you know, maybe you're out there and you're like, I don't even know what the heck theology is. And yeah. you know, I just wanted to give you a couple definitions that we're getting into it. A.H. Uh, Strong said this. Um, this it's theology is the science of God and um, of the relations between God and the universe. Mm -hmm. And then Charles Rye, who is a awesome theologian, really um, honestly, probably everybody listening should go read his stuff. It's really good. He says theology is thinking about God and expressing those thoughts in some way. So really we are going to dedicate this season to the science or the understanding or the thinking of God and who he is and how he's manifested himself to us through For sure all his revelation. Yeah. I feel like it's really lacking too, you know, mm -hmm. um, most people, you know, if you grow up in church or whatever it is, you have an understanding of the Bible, like on a surface, but the Bible's so much deeper than a lot of us, you know, really realize. And that's why you could reread a book over and over again. Yeah. I think I've read Ephesians, um, maybe 55, I was gonna say 50. It's probably like, like 500 dang, bro, times. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians, Philippians. I've read that thing like, over and over and over again. And every time I read it, I feel like I'm getting something new, you know, and those yeah. are small books that, you know, are just letters. There's so much more in other books too. So we're super excited to get into that. And, yeah. um, we're selfishly like excited too, because we love studying and this is just a reason for us yeah. to study. So it, it totally is. Yeah. There's some other changes that we bring to the podcast. We're in a different room. You yes. know, if you're listening, you probably can't tell. I hope you can't tell. Uh, if you're watching, you can definitely tell we're in a big uh, room. This is actually um, a ministry room where the, the magic church. happens. For you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the high school youth ministry room at our church. And um, we wanted to bring a new set to the season. We yeah. wanted to kind of have a different vibe, a different um, 
I don't know, just experience while we're doing this podcast. It's kind of selfish that we're in this huge room, but it's okay. Yeah. We're if, fine. If you hear a kid like crying in the background or a noise, yes. um, make sure to put in the comments of the YouTube where you hear that. Because yeah. um, we're going to see how it goes, but we're super excited. And um, I'm excited. It's a bigger room too, so I'm kind of excited for, you know. It feels like we're more important. We're yeah, in but this you gotta little table. You got to explain what you just said, bro. You just said you might hear a kid crying and didn't give any context oh, whatsoever. <laughs> that could be like taken out of context. They're just kids crying, you know, you just here. randomly. Yeah, we are a full, um, is it preschool to 12th grade here at the church? The whole nine yards. Yeah, so um, I think recess is in about 20 minutes, so maybe you'll hear that. Kids all something. around us, school is around yeah. us, but at the end of the day, it's We're just going to be natural. I got a mullet. This is what happened in the last couple months. Bro! This is the biggest news. It is the biggest like, news. I don't know how anyone's going to listen to me with a mullet. Like, <laughs> I can't wait. I think it just brought an extra I, like oomph to what, sure. everything I I don't know say. any any like pastors or anything like that with a mullet like not yet yeah this is, this is making, you bro. making grounds you are making so, grounds yeah. and then you know honestly like we're gonna kind of do a little some other things that are different you know we're gonna be releasing episodes every other wednesday instead of every wednesday and they're gonna be a little bit longer form content we're yeah. looking to 45 to an hour is kind of like our our time goal if you will and we wanted to study deep so that we give you guys the content that you deserve, but then also um, give you time to listen to the whole episode. Cause For I know sure. that people are probably listening like 20 minutes at a time. It might take you three sittings to listen to a podcast. So hopefully, hopefully this works out for everybody. Yeah. We're super excited today. You know, we're going to be covering a bunch of awesome topics from the canon of scripture, hermeneutics, um, the theology yeah. of the future, like deconstructionism. Like we've got some awesome stuff planned but today, I'm especially excited for this one, and it's just an amazing topic to kick off a study of theology, yeah. and that is the study of covenants, the theology of covenants. And uh, tell me what is a covenant, and why does that have anything to do with, why are we even going over that? For sure, like um, doing the study and stuff like that, um, something that the Bible Project said, which is another really good podcast, is like a covenant in the Bible, like it pretty much is like the skeleton of the Bible, you know? So I'm yeah. really excited that we're going through this first because if you know the covenants of the Bible, it kind of shows you the story already, you know, from yes. the covenant between like, you know, Adam to Abraham to David to the, you know, to the to the Israelites, to yeah. Jesus. You got the whole story right there. So understanding those, you may have a better definition than me. Um, I have the Hebrew word. You probably have a, oh. I'll do, yeah, I'll do that. And then do you want to do oh. the definition? <laughs> We're going straight in. I love you. Let's do this. It takes me two weeks. That's why I to get Hebrew words. So that's good. So the Hebrew word for covenant. Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. Bereth. Baroth comes from it. the verb barath. Uh, so it's B-E-R-I-T-H. I'm love probably it. butchering that. I'm sorry for no, everybody. It's good. It's which good. Which means to cut, to cut a covenant. So that goes, and we're going to get into that. The Abraham, if you look at covenants in the Bible, it usually has some type of sacrifice, um, mm. especially in the Old Testament of you know, sacrificing an animal, a cutting, like a blood covenant and all that stuff. Wow. But in the sense of how we think of covenants now is pretty much, would you say like a promise between two people, usually with a, if you do this, this will happen. Yeah. If you don't do this, this will happen. You know? Yeah. The word that I love um, that, um, you know, when I was studying the word that came up as like a synonym is like a partnership. Yeah. So um, I would define a covenant as like a chosen relationship between God and somebody else. Right. And we'll get into all of that soon, but it's a, it's a chosen relationship. That's a partnership that is, you know, has a goal in mind and God provides promises, the grace to complete the covenant, um, the mercy, yeah, 
the faith, like all of it, you know. And then on the other side, uh, whoever is fulfilling their their side, they have to have com- they have a commitment that they have to follow for the covenant, um, you know, to to happen. I think one of the themes throughout a lot of the covenants, especially the ones in the Old Testament, is failure and not being able to keep them yet god is so gracious and merciful that's why i wanted to use those two words that he still fulfills his promises you know i think of the verse and um i believe it's either first timothy or second timothy where he says um we are faithless but he remains faithful so yeah. even in our faithful faithlessness you know not being able to keep our end of the commitment what you know broad sense or individual god is so often so gracious and merciful he continues to do it anyway but to to simply put like you know, a covenant is chosen relationship between God and somebody else. Um, it has a goal and, you know, uh, there's promises and a commitment that have to do with, those are kind of the two pieces of a covenant. For sure. My, yeah. And we're going to be focusing on well, like five, six covenants per se. This is going to be know. interesting because a lot of people will, uh, you have, may have different ones than me, different views yeah. on how many covenants there are. Mm-hmm. And if we went into like all the covenants, like humanity with humanity relationships yeah. like you know government with people like it would be here all day long which you know would be cool but i think we're gonna have a different number of covenants that um that i am like gonna sure. say the major ones and you're gonna say the major ones so how many do you have i believe i have i think i have five if i'm not mistaken maybe we do have some of the same ones i have five also okay you may have one more than me but um yeah, we're focusing on the covenants between God and, you know, people. But if you're if you went through your Bible and found every single covenant that's in the Bible, um, between including the ones man for man, there's probably like I don't even know. Oh yeah, I mean it's either. just and that goes into the culture of what was back then, you know, like covenants were a thing, you know. It's like a covenant for them may have been you work for me for a year and then, you know, I'll give you this, you know. Yeah. Like that's the type of thing. Yeah, it's a covenant, so, yeah. For yeah, sure. For sure. For sure. Um, let's kick this off. We're going to kind of break this podcast into three separate portions. Um, we've got the first section is we're going to be talking about the covenants in the Bible, like we just talked about. And um, the second part of this podcast is going to be dedicated to how the covenants affect all of humanity, um, especially the ones in the Old Testament can be kind of confusing of like how what effect does that have on me as a person? And then we're going to compare and contrast the old covenant versus the new covenant, which is, which we'll get into, but I'll kick things off if you don't mind with the first covenant that I see, um, a major covenant, not the first one I see, but the major covenant is the, the Noahic covenant, Mm -hmm. the covenant that God made with Noah. Yeah. Did you have that one? No, I didn't have that one. Oh, here we go. I know that one, but I don't have it. This one's really (laughs) interesting because, um, it's the only one that, in the Old Testament that doesn't have a commitment on the side of humanity. So we have God, you know, after you guys know the story, after he floods the earth, after he brings Noah and his family to try land, you know, he, Noah makes an altar, he sacrifices the Lord and God begins to give this promises. And the interesting thing is the promise is that, that God will never flood the earth again, that, you know, he has a plan of restoration and redemption for humanity. Uh, Obviously he knew in his sovereignty that people were going to fall again, but even in that he chooses to say, I'm going to bring a plan of redemption instead of destroying humanity. Like I just did. But the curious thing is, is that Noah doesn't have to do anything to get that which is a stark contrast to the rest of the covenants that we're going to talk about in the Old Testament, where most of the time the people have to keep their end of the bargain For sure. in the sense, you know, not to be crass, but um, that's kind of how that 
that went. But this is an unconditional covenant, and it's fully grounded in the grace and in the promise of God, which is super interesting. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's like not even a covenant just for Noah. It's a covenant to humanity that I will not flood the earth yeah. again, you know, and that's the whole rainbow thing. I think you find that starting Genesis like 6 to 10-ish. It's, it's around that that age, that that range, if you guys are trying to read it. Um, but it's really good. And I love how you say there's no stipulations because what does Noah do after this? He goes and gets drunk, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it just shows that um, man, and you'll find this throughout when we talk about the covenants, most of the time the men, if there is a thing they have to withhold, they don't, you know, and it shows that you can't trust men, but God is always going to hold up his covenant. And that's, I'm sure he knew this when he, when he made this covenant with Noah, that Noah's going to mess it up. Any person is going to mess this up, but I will hold up my end of the bargain. And mm. I am the one who's promising that, you know, I will no longer flood the earth like I did in this story. Yeah. Uh, Genesis chapter nine, if you're interested for reading, I would definitely encourage you for listening to take some notes or something like that on yeah. the, on the chapters that we talk about where to go to, because uh, there's going to be some reading for you guys to really study this on your own. But God's promise to Noah is in uh, Genesis chapter nine, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And this kind of kicks things off. And you know, what's interesting about the covenants is they all build upon each other ultimately with the, um, you know, the last one that we'll talk about being the fulfillment of all of them. But um, this one builds on the Abrahamic covenant, which is next. What do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. When I think of covenants, I think I first think of, you know, the Abrahamic covenant, you know, that he pretty much is called, you know, he just, this is, I don't know how many years after the flood, but this is yeah. like a generation or so after the flood, you mm-hmm. know, we've had in between this is the tower of Babel and you know, that crazy story. Um, but here's a guy who doesn't, he's, he's in a land of like false gods and all this stuff. And he has no like relation to the God of the Bible or anything like that. And God calls him out of that and tells him to, leave his father, leave everything he knows and go to this land Mm -hmm. because I'm promising you to make your generations as numerous as the stars, you know? Yeah. And this guy has no kids, doesn't have kids for chapters and chapters after. But the promise for him is that I'm going to make a nation out of you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to make like a generation. And there's, um, doing the study, this is, um, chapter 12, I believe is when he makes the covenant. And it's really interesting um, Abraham's like put to sleep. So it's very similar to the Noah thing of mm. God like puts um, Abraham to sleep so he can't mess up the covenant. Mm. This is God who walked through the um, the sacrifices, which was the ritual back then and made the promise. And I have in chapter 12, there's seven I wills. Is mm. it seven? Yeah, I believe so. And it's, I will make you, I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thee a, thee a great name. Thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you. I will curse those that curseth you. And in thee shall the families of the earth be blessed. A little King James action I right know. There. I'm like, why did I put King James in well, once? I but like, I got to go with it. I can't <laughs> change it. You didn't do that on purpose? No, I didn't do that on purpose. Oh, that was like, dope. Oh, my. We out here. If you're going to get a tattoo, get it in King James. is cool. That's Back. just a, a random thing. But don't get tattooed so you're old enough, kids. But, yeah, go on. <laughs> Oh my. Um, yeah, this this is definitely an interesting covenant. Um, beautiful, right? God promises that he's going to give a- Abraham a huge family. Um, he's going to, you know, give him, he's going to bless him. All the nations will be blessed through him. I think this is the really interesting one. It's where we see God's goal for these covenants, you know, like throughout all of them. I see the goal of bring through all of them. We're specifically talking about Abraham, and then we're going to talk about Israel and all of mm. that, but 
But through this covenant, God, this is God's plan to bring like light, you know, yeah. as, a, as a metaphor, light to everyone around him, you know, because it clearly says in here that um, uh, it says, I will, where did it go? And, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So like all the, the families, all the families, yeah. you know, not just, and this is the thing that I think might be confusing. We, we look at the old Testament sometimes like as kind of dumb Christians and we're thinking, oh, that's just for the Jewish people. We don't need yeah. to worry about that. But even we see like, this is God's goal through the covenants was to bring, you know, the, the understanding of salvation, what we're going to talk about later, the blessing of God to all people through these covenants he made with individuals. And then later on the group of the children of Israel. So this is a really interesting interesting understanding that the goal of God has always been to bring you know, the beauty or the blessing of, of his eternity down to humanity. And he does it through covenants. And I was doing a little bit of research. Covenants was a very natural thing back then yeah. um, for people to, to do, right? They really, um, covenants was an easy way for them to understand that this is an agreement between us. So God, you know, contextualized his promises and his blessings to something that the people understand. You know, now, yeah. I mean, we don't really make covenants. We say, you know, a promise or something like that, you know, it's kind of like God saying that to us, you know, like I promise to do this. And, and sure. he uses those language, that language too, in the, in the Bible, which is really cool. Yeah. And this goes into one of the things, like, I think circumcision is like brought up in Abraham yeah. right? and that's kind of like the, the cut covenant and also the, um, like do this. And this is like a sign of the covenant for them back yeah. then and all that stuff. But I think it's, um, Jesus even says like the, the sons and daughters of Abraham are those that do the will of the father. You know, yeah. when the Pharisees were like, well, we're, you know, we're the sons of Abraham, you know? And it's like, and Jesus pretty, pretty much said like, no, you're not because yeah. you don't do the father's will, you know? So we're all daughters and sons of Abraham yeah. if we're doing his will. And we inherit the promises that we're reading um, in Genesis with Abraham. This is really interesting. This is an interesting conversation because I think this ties into Romans. When Romans is talking about why Abraham was justified or why Abraham, in our words, would fulfilled his end of the covenant. If you look over in the same chapter of Genesis chapter 12, he goes to Egypt and he lies, doesn't have trust in God. He lies about his wife being his sister because he's afraid. Yeah. And he doesn't like, if we're just going to talk morally, you know, like right and wrong, he doesn't keep his end of the bargain. For sure. Yet God somehow, and this is not the only time, like we can talk about Ishmael, we can talk about the second time, you know, he, he, he lies about his wife. We can talk about Sarah and her mistakes. Like we can go down the list. Yeah. Like we see moral failure. And this is just proving what Romans already says, that Abraham was justified in his by his belief in God yeah. or his faith in God or his trust to God, not by circumcision. Circumcision, like you said, I love the word, was the sign of the covenant. Of being set apart. Of being set apart, yeah. exactly. But what set him apart was his faith in God. For him to get up and say, I'm going to trust God. God called me out. And this is what's beautiful to me, that the fulfillment on our end of the bargain has always been faith. Yeah. Not This is not just a new thing in the new covenant. Our end of the bargain being fulfilled has always been faith, whether that's Noah or that's Abraham or Moses or the children of Israel or David. They all had to have faith. That yeah. was what kept their end of the bargain. Making the story of or the reality that we've been saved through by faith, through, um, by grace through faith. Sorry, I get that confused. Um, 
throughout the whole Bible, not just a New Testament idea, which I yeah, think is really cool. It's great because I think we do think of it mostly as a New Testament idea. But like you said, um, Abraham and Abraham is one of the good ones. You look at mm-hmm. Abraham, it's like, and so many people are like, I want to have faith like Abraham. Yeah. Like I want to be Hebrews, just like right? Abraham. Yeah, it's, it's the hall of faith with him. Um, one thing, even with that, like if you, when Stephen's about to be stoned in the New Testament and he's mm-hmm. telling the whole story, he, he gives this huge spiel. He doesn't really get to finish it, but he's telling the history of the Jewish people. Yeah. And one of the things he says is like, Abraham was told to leave his like mother, you know, leave the people he know, leave his father. And it says after Abraham's father died, then he left. Yeah. So, and they don't put exactly. that in the Old Testament, but it's no. like, even in that he didn't have faith. And that's what we talk about the yeah. most. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll leave, but let me wait for my, my dad to die, you know? Yeah. And then a couple years from now. So, and we see the working out of his faith, you know, he lies about his, um, his wife and all that stuff, but not till the very end, you know, when he's ready to sacrifice, you know, his, his child, because God told him to, and, you know, God stops and all that stuff. That's when his faith is like complete, you know, mm-hmm. and shown. So I love that. It's like, it's not set on us because we're still working out our faith and we'll, yeah. we'll be lucky to have it fully worked out by the end of our lives. Like yeah. Abraham did, but you know, we, no, even the best don't have it figured out. What know? do you think that says about God? Because I think that it'd be it'd be wrong for us to look at all these covenants and then not make, you know, um, just make like connections between the attributes of God and yeah. his covenants. So in this, right, we see that God's, our commitment, or maybe not ours, that's the wrong word, sorry, like the commitment of, of Abraham or Noah or, or not Noah, but um, Moses and David, it was all through faith. So yeah. what does that say about God in the end of the day? I think it shows incredible patience in mm-hmm. us and incredible love. You know, um, we definitely serve a, a patient God that's willing to deal with us. And um, he knows that we're going to fail when it comes down to it. And he knows, you know, this all has, to, it, it's on him that it's by his faith alone that we're saved. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the Jesus stuff and the new covenant, it's solely by him. And even this old Testament stuff, we, when we're about to talk about, you know, kind of Israel and all that stuff, Israel messed up every single way. You look at the things they were supposed to keep. They broke it like throughout the whole old Testament. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they, they lost so many promises. But I think when, even when you look at the book of revelation towards the end, they come back to the faith, they come back to Christ and they proclaim Jesus, their Messiah. And God still like, you know, cares about them and loves them even through everything that they did breaking the covenants because mm-hmm. when it comes down to it it could only be on god because we're gonna mess everything up yeah it's true he's a gracious god and For like sure. we're only saved by his grace so that's a really cool the next one where are we at yeah i have david the devatic i have one right before that though. is is um israel mosaic and the israelite covenant okay. so through moses um through moses to the entire children of israel do you have that one I have no Moses. Okay. I have it written down, but I don't have any notes on it. So okay. So <laughs> the Mosaic covenant, like God has just rescued Israel from slavery. And then he says, he promises to make them his own treasured possession. So he's going to make them holy. Yeah. He's going to set them apart. They're going to be his chosen nation. Right. It's a very like the fulfillment of why God brought them out of Israel, why God even cared enough to bring Moses and to, to take them out. And um, he is going to personally dwell like we know God is omnipresent, but he picks his 
his dwelling place uh, yeah. in the midst of where Israel is. So whether that's in the tabernacle or the temple later on, we see that Yahweh will be their God and they, Israel, will be his people and he will yeah. dwell among them. And that is like the light to the, ch- to the, to the world around them. He's going to make them, you know, the priests or the, the chosen nation to bring the light of God into the world. Or I love how Dallas Willard puts it, he says that um, like he brings eternity to us. Eternity is not just future. It's like the only definition of, of eternity in the Bible is when, when Jesus says, and this is eternal life that you will know God and his son whom he sent. So eternal life is true. Eternal life is to know God and God brings that eternal life into our midst to this ordinary human life. And he does that through in this covenant through Israel. And he wants to bring this idea of knowing God or this reality of knowing God through the, the children of Israel. And then the commitment on Israel's side was it was a conditional covenant of grace, right? Israel was to obey yeah. the way God had wanted them to live. We looked at the law and we kind of, you know, through understanding of how the Jews looked at it, it's like this ritualistic thing in our minds. But I think when we understand what God's purpose was, the law said, this is the way I want my people to live. Yeah. If you're going to be my people, you have to live the way I am calling sure. you to live. Stay away it's from like, that pork. Yeah. Got to stay away from the pork. <laughs> it's dirty meat. It is. <laughs> I love me a good a carnitas good, burrito oh, so from It's Roberto. bad for you, though. You look at everything that they're told not to eat. It's like, yeah, that's. It makes sense. Yeah. Good stuff, though. But he wants them to be a set apart, right? He wants them to be a nation that's set apart. And one day we'll get into like all the laws and how they set Israel apart and how which ones yeah. are we supposed to follow, you know. Um, but, but this was the part on their end of the bargain, right? Their, their commitment to God and God promises to bring blessings if they followed his commands and then to bring destruction if they disobey his commands. And like, we could read destruction came. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) like we could read Deuteronomy 28. If you have your notes out, you know, you can totally look at like the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. I mean, the whole chapter is is dedicated to these two dichotomies of if you obey me and live the way I'm calling you to live, you will be blessed. And yeah. not just like financially or like you have a nice house, but I will bless you by using you to bring my eternal life to everybody that that would have faith in me. Right. And but and then the disobedience we end up seeing that Israel does not keep their end of the bargain. They worship other gods. They commit terrible injustices against people. And what ends up happening is they disobey and God brings destruction, you know, in the end of the story. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I, I think of the book of Judges, it's like a thing of like, oh, when they're, when they're doing good, you know, they're free and all this stuff. And then when they're, they have a bad leader, things are going bad in there, then it's, um, you know, they're taken over by somebody or somebody has them captive or that type of thing. But I think that even shows the patience of God because um, this promise is made in Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to Joshua, they go into the land. It's not till, they, and they do wickedness probably 85, 90% of the time. When you really look at it, there's only a couple good kings, good leaders. It's all the way till the end when you get to, um, Ezekiel and mm-hmm. Jeremiah, where the the final destruction comes, yeah. which was promised. God gave them hundreds of hundreds of years yeah, of true. bad kings and was just patient. Like, 
that I don't want to destroy them. I don't want the temple destroyed. I don't want them ripped out of their, with the land I gave them, yeah. that they came out of Egypt to come to this like amazing land. We've been to Israel. We it's have. dope. It's 72 degrees every single day, pretty much. It's and perfect. It's got beaches, it's got deserts, it's got forest. It's got everything, you know? Food's great, all that stuff. Food's great. <laughs> Food is amazing. Yeah. I'm starving right now. Oh, and I haven't eaten lunch yet. A falafel or shawarma wrap or pitam. We should go to mother falafel after this. Done. Uh, <laughs> happening. <laughs> But they were ripped out and brought to Babylon like a nation they didn't know, you know, so, mm. but it just shows, and you may be dealing with this with yourself, you know, like you may be living in sin and you're like, oh, God hasn't like struck me dead or like killed me yeah. yet, you know, like you may do something you're not supposed to do and you're like, wait, is, is God coming for me right now? And you're like, oh, I'm good. I keep doing this, you know, yeah. um, but that's because God is patient with you. And he doesn't want to bring the judgment immediately, but he loves you and he doesn't want to hurt us. But, you know, that does come at some point. And it took a long time to come for Israel. But when it did, man, it came hard. Like, yeah, it did. You're right. The Babylonians did not play around. They did not. And neither did the Assyrians, yeah. right? That's true. Before we get there, let's talk about the Davidic for sure. covenant. Mine's, it's pretty similar. I think I kind of like mix them together. But um, the David covenant, kind of Second Samuel seven eight through sixteen, the David covenant applies this. It um, amplifies the seed aspect of the Abrahamic covenant. So the promise mm. to David in this passage is that God promised that David's lineage would last forever, and that his kingdom would never pass away permanently. And then obviously the David covenant had been at all times. There will be a time, however, that when someone from the line of David will sit again and rule on the throne. Yeah. This, talk, this is talked about in Luke um, chapter 1, 32 through, 30, 32 through 33. So just the promise that, um, and this kind of starts with Judah. I believe it's Genesis chapter 48. Um, mm. Isaac? Connection. I think it's Isaac. Isaac is giving blessings to all 12 of his kids, you know, the 12 yeah. tribes of Israel. And he tells Judah, like, you know, your descendants will be kings, you know. Jacob. Jacob is telling Judah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, it's been a while. But <laughs> first podcast of three words. But through that, through that line of Judah is where David comes from. And it says a man after God's own heart. And it's a promise that to David that through his lineage, the Messiah is going to come. And also through his lineage, there will be a king that sits on the throne always. And it's never going to leave Israel. And you see at even towards the at the end of Revelation, it's like, you know, David, the line of David sitting on the throne next to the Messiah, all that stuff. So this is a promise of um, no matter what really happens. Cause after, mm -hmm. after David, Solomon's pretty bad. And then after Solomon, it gets even worse, but through that, God still held this promise that the Kings will, will stay on the throne in yeah. Judah. So yeah, beautiful. God's steadfast love would not fail David. Yeah. And that's so cool to see. Like, this is just another example of David, not really being the best moral yeah, he example. Was like he was messed up, like adulterer, terrible father and husband, murderer. Um, you know, hands were too bloody to even build the the house of the Lord. Like um, dysfunctional family. We can keep going down the line. Like he was messed up, prideful, um, didn't obey the scripture. Sometimes, you know, like there was miserable examples of David in the in the Bible. Yet because of God's faith and because of his repentance and, or sorry, not God's faith, because of God's grace and because of David's faith and his repentance, um, we see that, that, that through that God was faithful to keep his ends of the promise, yeah. no matter what. And like right away, his lineage fails. Yeah. Like right away. Solomon is blessed with wisdom. He's blessed with writing these beautiful books of scripture. When we look at the poetry of, 
of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. But you read Ecclesiastes and the dude was off the chain. Like he was gone. He had left God and he forsaken all of that for his lust of his flesh. You know, we can go into how many wives he had if you want. Not, I don't really care. He was more, more importantly, he had left God and he had yeah. seeking out his own wisdom. And even right away, we just see problems. And then through that, there the his two his son there's um the split between judah and israel and from then on israel never has a good king after that they go into slavery and into syria and then judah there's a good king here and there hezekiah was pretty cool yeah, but couple, like one every couple chapters but it's rough but it's yeah. rough it is so rough and this is the stories of elijah you know burning the the altar god bringing fire down and then ki- then elijah killing the statues probably my probably the coolest statue I've ever seen is on Mount Carmel and where this all happened. And it's where Elijah is like cutting the head off of one of the prophets of Baal. And so cool. But we see right away the failure of humanity. And this is what's beautiful about this one. This one ushers in the new covenant. Yeah. The one that is everlasting. And, you know, this is really where we as Christians put our faith and trust in, in this covenant, which is really interesting. For sure. Just talking about the David, like a fun study to do. And I'd love to do this on the podcast and I encourage you to do it on your own. I think a lot of times we, um, we skip like the lineages, you know, it could be a whole chapter. It's kind of like, okay, I don't care. Like who's, whose dad is whose dad and you know, all this stuff. But and if you read through the Old Testament, read through Chronicles, read through Kings, how many times like the line of Judah was almost killed off, you know, and if it was a baby being stowed away or hidden or all this stuff or somebody trying to take over, but God kept that promise. And if you look through the lineage of Jesus and look through it all, it's crazy like how they got to that, yeah. you know, and that the lineage still stayed on even when things were crazy and there was wars and murders and they were taking captives, but God always kept like that seed safe, you know, to lead to the Messiah and like, you know, follow this covenant that he yeah, promised to so David. True. So the genealogy in Matthew's gospel is so cool to see, like just the failures, but God using people that were probably not the best suited for this, but he used them anyway. And that gives me encouragement as an ordinary human being who yeah. really has nothing to offer. God can still use me to do amazing it's, things. And it's know, not about me. It's just about God. The covenant of Jesus has prostitutes in it and murderers yeah. and all that stuff. You it know? does. It's so. crazy. And Judah wasn't that great of a person either. I know. Yeah. <laughs> if you're learning one thing, it's like nobody's nobody's, nobody's good. good. Yeah. The new covenant. This is this is the covenant. This is the culmination of God's saving work for yeah. all people. This is the promise to make an everlasting covenant with those um, who would have faith in him. I love the the words of Jeremiah and Ezekiel later on. He says that um, he will, God says that he will write his law in their hearts. He will bring like a complete forgiveness of sin. He will put their spirit in them and empower them to love and obey his commandments. Um, and then he will raise up that faithful um, Davidic king, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. The beautiful thing about this, this commitment and this really, or this covenant, which struck me really hard was that this is not a covenant between God and people. Mm. This is a covenant between God and his son, Jesus, mm. with himself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the covenant is fulfilled not by humanity's work, but by what Jesus did. And this is what's so important is because like all of the covenants before, and we'll get into this a little bit deeper, but all the covenants before point to the reality that God 
and humans, like humans could not keep their commitment to God's promises. So what does God do? He makes a covenant a commitment with himself. And the commitment is Jesus going to the cross. And we see this, like he prays, God, take this cup from me. If there's any other way, please, it doesn't happen. He's, he's going to the cross. He dies for our sins. And then the power of the Holy Spirit, God raises him back mm-hmm. from the dead so that we may have new life. And I get excited. Like I get sure. so excited about the gospel because it's what saved me. It's what saved you. And, you know, some Christians might be like, oh, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like we've, we, I've heard the gospel over and over and over again. If you don't get excited by the fact that that God like stepped over you and said, I'm going to do this for you and then brings you an opportunity where he's going to not only not only give you the opportunity, but he's going to empower you to love and obey his commands. He's going to write the law, write the, the, the you know, commandments on your heart. It's yeah. going to be something that you desire. The Holy Spirit's going to live inside of you. David, Moses, Noah, none of them have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them like this. Like this is beautiful. And this is just the culmination of all the covenants coming together and saying, and God saying, this is it. This is the new covenant that, that you can partake in. Yeah, for sure. Like exactly what you said, it's man has fallen short. And I think that's the story of the whole Bible, even starting with Adam, you know, they, Adam and Eve, they failed in the garden. And I think that's where we see the first promise of even this new covenant Mm -hmm. of, you know, that you shall bruise his head, but he shall bruise your heel. I always mess that up. I probably messed it up again, but just the promise that to, that, you know, Jesus will come and is coming. And, you know, Moses messes up, you know, Abraham messes up, um, David messes up, everybody messes up, the prophets, you know, Israel all mess up to some extent. And the, it's the promise of Jesus that he finally came and that the covenant is between what he did on that cross. The, cov- the covenant is like completed. There's no like, well, Jesus still needs to do this or something still needs to happen. Um, him dying on that cross and then, is the covenant and him fulfilling it, dying for the sins of mankind mm-hmm. and taking it on himself. And the sign that, you know, that it was the covenant was fulfilled was him raising from the dead, you know? So just the, the promise of a universal, you know, not just Jew, not just Gentile, yeah. but all of us have the promises of that Jesus and that we have access to God through Jesus. And yeah. that, you know, yeah. I have this verse, the one that you just said, this is the first first picture we get of God's salvation plan for humanity. And this is right after um, the temptation of the fall of man. This is Genesis chapter three. Um, God is speaking to the servant and he says, I'm reading on the new King James version. So the Lord said, Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. You uh, and more than every beast of the field on your belly, you shall go. And you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And this is it, right? The first mention of the plan of redemption. Verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, capital S-E-E-D, right? Mm -hmm. And he, speaking of Jesus, will bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And what beautiful, like in the midst of like, like, I don't know, I picture getting disciplined as a child. And even in the midst of the discipline, even in the midst of God, the covenant or the beauty, I don't, it wasn't really a covenant. It was more of like eternity here on earth, right? Being yeah. broken, he says, I have a plan already. And, you know, this is the whole story of after, everything, yeah. you know? It was like he had the plan before. This yeah. was the whole point. The whole point of creation was for his glory to be fulfilled through Jesus Christ bringing the new covenant to all people of the earth. So that's just, for me, so cool. And we just get to partake in it by sure. faith through grace. So if... If all of this, we've been talking about all of this, and especially the old, 
covenants and the new covenants, how is humanity affected by these covenants? I think it's like what we said earlier. It's, it's not a part of humanity. Maybe some of these covenants, you know, we could talk about the Israelic covenant. It was a covenant specific to them, you know, of you do this and this will happen, you know, and there are a lot of covenants in the Bible like that, that we didn't even touch on, but this is a covenant for all of mankind, mm-hmm. you know, wherever you're from, you know, country, state, city, however old you are, whatever you've done in your past, that Jesus, the son of God, God himself was willing to make this covenant with the father to say, I'll take all of the stuff they did yeah. wrong. I'll take all the sins. I'll take up the mess up for Adam and think, and just all the blood that has been shed and all these sins I'll take on myself. So anyone that wants to come to, to me and know the father and have eternal life and I'll take their burdens away. So this is a covenant that everybody has access to, you know, yeah. and there's a cheesy things that pastors say, you know, it's like, Oh, this is a, pr- it's a present and you just have to open it, you know, mm-hmm. but it almost is that in a sense. It's like, this is a covenant that is promised to you that has already been fulfilled, but you just have to accept the covenant, you know, and that's, um, that's for all of, of mankind and all of everyone on earth. So. That's the beautiful thing is because like all the covenants have this beautiful promise for humanity, right? All of them point to the new covenants, Mm -hmm. but all of them have the purpose. The purpose of all the covenants was to bring God's redemption work um, to sinful humans through his covenants, through his promises. And, you know, this is the effect that the Old Testament has on the New Testament and the Old Testament has on us as people and the old covenants have on us now today all of those are the image or the shadow as Hebrews talks about the shadow of what was to come. It all points to um, the new covenant and how God was going to bring, bring redemption. But this brings up a question in my mind. If, if God knew that the old covenants weren't going to be enough because he's sovereign and he knows all things. If God knew the old covenant wasn't going to be enough, why did he wait to bring the new covenant after the old covenants? That's a good question. That's (laughs) That's a tough question. I think us going through the old covenant and the mess ups, it shows our need for a God. And I think that's kind of what the commandments talk about. No one was ever going to be able to fulfill um, just the 10 commandments alone. But if you count up all the commandments the Israelites had, it's like, it's like over like 200 or something Mm. crazy. No one was meant to fulfill that. And Jesus even says it was more to show that you need a savior and you need this new covenant because the old covenant may, it may, though it may appease God with all these sacrifices and, you know, and wipe your hands clean, it's not a forever thing. And we needed, you know, God himself to die to be that forever thing. Yeah, it's good. I think the old covenants prove the new covenant. You know, if God just showed up one day to Adam and Eve, he's like, here's Jesus. He's going to die real quick. And then he's going to rise again from the dead, rise again from the dead. It'd be kind of like, you don't appreciate it. You know? Okay. Yeah. cool like congratulations yeah, like what do you say you know like yeah <laughs> but if you see like the failures of humanity and you know there's an argument to be made about like the purposes of god and you know this is just us understanding like how he works and this is what theology is right so but but we see even in the purpose of god was to prove the need like you said the need of a savior for humanity yeah. to need a new covenant that isn't doesn't have a commitment from our end in the sense of like to be fulfilled it's all jesus and it's all god and um i think that if you read the the gospel of matthew and that's kind of like your homework if you're listening is to read the gospel of matthew if you see if you read what you'll see is like over and over jesus fulfilling over and over and over and over and over different scriptures how he fulfills things and 
those are the proofs of his fulfillment. When yeah. we look back and we say, I have been saved by Jesus, and I know he was real, and I know he was my Messiah, not just, I think that we have to remember the foundations, what he's done for us as people, in the, like as an individual, that's, you know, you have to rely on that because in times of struggle, in times of doubt, you know, you've got to be able to look back and say, well, I know I was a sinner, and I know I had an experience with Jesus, and I know that my life has changed, right? But... There's more proofs to him being the Messiah. It's not just something imaginary. It's not just sure. something that you felt happened that really didn't. We can see through Scripture Jesus fulfilling all that God had had um, foretold that he would. So, um, yeah, I think the Old Covenants, God used the Old Covenants, and this is a long discussion, but I think God used the Old Covenants to prove the need and to prove the reality of the New Covenants. The situation everybody was in, yeah. Uh, You're going to appreciate, and I know... There's people out there that do stay away from the Old Testament and reading mm-hmm. the Old Covenants a lot because it, it can be hard reading sometimes and it can be long lists and it can be like, okay, why does this matter? You know, but you will appreciate Jesus. You will appreciate the New Testament so much more when you read the Old Testament and you could get kind of that sense of how they felt, you know, going through all this tired, looking for that Messiah, for him to finally show up, you know, and most of them miss it. But for those who didn't miss him, just like uh, it's, you know, the covenant is finally fulfilled, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I think of is like communion. What is communion? It's us remembering that covenant that God fulfilled. It's mm-hmm. the blood, it's the bread, you know, it's his That's body. So cool. um, a lot of times, you know, we take communion and we're just like, oh, you know, cool. sometimes it's like, oh, cool. I didn't eat breakfast. Like, awesome. <laughs> I'm a little hungry. Like, oh, this grape juice is really good today. You know? <laughs> Oh, there's um, not enough. <laughs> <where is it? laughs> yeah, give me a couple. You know, and, you know, it, this is sad. Real quickly, COVID uh, times. You know, we've had those little those little communion cups. It's like it's like all prepackaged. Yeah, the little bread's more like styrofoam than it is actual bread. You know, that's yeah. miserable. I hate that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I wish we could just have like a loaf of bread. You know, yeah, like the good times. The good times. But, um, a little butter. Oh, so <laughs> do the dip in the in the wine. I'm just kidding. Um, but. Just remembering, and I, I encourage you, you know, wherever you go to church, if it's here um, at Calvary, it's another church, however often you guys take communion, like just remembering, you know, this isn't just like, oh yeah, that one night, you know, they got together and they did this and Jesus said, keep doing this. So we do it. Yeah. But this is him even going back, like looking back on the Passover and, you know, the lamb and the, and the wine and the blood on the door, that was a sign and of a fulfillment that he is the Passover lamb mm-hmm. and that he was sacrificed and the covenant was fulfilled through that and that we take communion to remember that the covenant he fulfilled and that one day we're going to be drinking wine and eating bread with him mm-hmm. um, in heaven, you know, and in the new covenant with the new earth and all that stuff That's that cool. we read. So. That's cool. Let's end our theology conversation of covenants on talking about the old versus new. Yeah. And I just want to read this real quick. I've written this down and this is how Jesus fulfills the old covenants because I think this is really, really cool. Jesus is the offspring of Abraham um, who trusted his father even to the point of death and so becoming the blessing to all the nations, right? We read that, yeah. that, that God would bring a blessing to all the families through Abraham's line and that is Jesus. Um, Jesus is the um, obedient Israelite who kept and fulfilled the law of God, right? Nobody else could do that. For so sure. um, this, is, this is, he is the fulfillment of that. And then he is the royal son of David who, um, who brings God's kingdom to, to hear um, and now sits at God's right hand. So we see all the covenants and also the Noah one, right? He is the reason humanity will 
not be destroyed again because humanity now has a way to God. So we see all of them being fulfilled through this new test, through this new covenant, which I think is super dope. That's awesome. I couldn't say it any better. It's, he is like the priest, you yeah. know, and he is the Gentile or the, um, he is the Israelite for us and all mm. that stuff. So I think it's beautiful. And like any, um, you know, covenants that we didn't talk about that you think is important or that type of thing. And there's tons I've have like an Islamic one, you know, with Ishmael and all this stuff. And there are like so yeah, many that little one's cool. ones that one's really through cool. it that, um, maybe aren't on, I think we picked the ones that follow the main story of Jesus like completely, but there's so many in the Bible. So if you feel like we missed any, like, you know, shoot us a comment or that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we love your comments. We love to talk to people. So, yeah, unless it's nasty. If you yeah. have a nasty comment, I'm not answering. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been such a tough year. We're still going through COVID. Have we done this podcast when COVID's not going on? No. We're a COVID podcast. This is a know? COVID podcast. We so, should be called the Truth COVID. <laughs> we will officially end this podcast when COVID is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's never going to be over. Which that means sucks. we're going to be doing a podcast for a long time. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a tough couple years already, so yeah. no, no negative comments. True. Yeah, give us a break. We're not perfect. Yeah. We're like 20-something years old. I know. Come I'm on. I'm gonna be 27 next week, guys. So um, congratulations. Pray for me. Pray for You're me, old, please. Bro. Oh my gosh. I'm I, 22. It's. <laughs> I love to bring that up. I hate it so much. <laughs> I'm gonna be 30 years old soon. My gosh. And I'll still be 20. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. We love you so much. We hope that you're excited for season three. We're excited. Next podcast, we are going to be spending two episodes talking about Genesis and we're going to be talking about deep stuff in Genesis. If you're here at Calvary, you know, the main service, we'll be going, we're going through a series in Genesis. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity to take it even a step further. We're going to talk about from a theological perspective on Genesis. I think oftentimes, you know, when we talk about Genesis, we just talk about the apologetics view, which is fine, whatever, you know, but we wanted to talk about what is the point of Genesis. Yeah. Speaking about creation, Noah, Moses, all of that, right? Um, what is the point of, of not Moses. I can't believe I just said that. What is the point of Genesis? He shows or, up like the chapter after Genesis. Yeah, so whatever. Good. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, what is the point of Genesis? What is God's purpose in Genesis? How do we see God revealed? How do we see Jesus revealed? That's going to be a lot of fun talking about how Jesus is revealed in the book of Genesis and hopefully sparking some of you to read the book and, you know, maybe for the first time, which would be really cool. But make sure you're excited and you're staying tuned for that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be super exciting. I think a lot of people focus only on the first three chapters of Genesis, you know, and then they may jump around to different things, but we feel like it's so much more than that. And there's no more action packed book in the Bible than Genesis. It's 50 chapters. And every, there's so many stories that come from Genesis. I remember when I first became a Christian, it's like, Oh, that's in Genesis too. Like what the heck? Like Mm -hmm. this is like, 50% 50% of the Bible and it's yep. all in this one book. So it's going to be really fun to do it. And I hope we could do it in two episodes. It may end up being, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot. So <laughs> yeah, we won't be able to cover We're everything. Excited. We definitely won't be able to cover everything, but hopefully we can get a really good, deep understanding yeah, of the book. Th- good theology stuff in it. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure you share this podcast with people, subscribe, follow, do all that cool stuff so that we can get more listeners. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Love peace. Peace.